Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Wallace and Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... And we are waiting, waiting on Darren Millard. He is on his way right now to the arena up in Salt Lake City to, you know, do the thing that Darren does best. That's be on TV and speaking to really everybody here. We hope to catch up with Darren probably in the next 30 to 45 minutes. Once Darren is ready to go, we will bring him on from Salt Lake. And, you know, I, I look at this game and for the Golden Knights, for the L.A. Kings, back-to-back situation here, game three, game four of the preseason schedule for Vegas. And, you know, I, I'm always intrigued by road games. I'm always intrigued by who goes on the road, which team or which players kind of make that trip, who's in the lineup. Those are always really intriguing things to me when it comes to a road game in the preseason. So we've got a lot to to really dive into there when it comes to the Golden Knights and what they're going to look like tonight on the ice. Uh, We're going to take a look at six teams that need a jersey overhaul. Great piece today on ESPN.com from Greg Wyshynski in which he goes over six teams that you know, quite frankly, their jerseys are not the greatest. And you, you look at what the Arizona Coyotes have done with uh, a full embracing of the Kachina logo and just kind of how much that's really invigorated, I think, the fan base and, and a lot of interest in Arizona and what they're going to do this year. Uh, I think that there's some teams out there that can certainly use an overhaul. Wyshynski makes his claims as to which six are are most deserving so Chapman and I we're going to get into that in just a little bit we're also going to talk to Anthony Greener head coach of the UNLV skating rebels here in just a couple of minutes home opener for the rebels will be on Friday tomorrow Uh, a lot of really cool stuff that UNLV is going to be doing this year so uh, we're going to get into that as soon as we got Greener on the phone And then we've got Darren Millard, as we mentioned, hopefully going to catch up with general manager Kelly McCrimmon of the Vegas Golden Knights in our number two. One-timers, all the fun stuff that you have come to expect right here on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. But as I mentioned, we have got Anthony Greener, head coach of the UNLV Skating Rebels, on the line right now. Hey, Anthony, uh, first and foremost, how are you doing and, and how excited are you to get things going tomorrow? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, we're really excited. It's been a long 20 months, so uh, we're tromping at the bit. Just had a really good practice. Uh, one more pregame skate tomorrow, and we're ready to go. You know, it's it's funny. You talk about 20 months, right? Like, this is going to be your, your first game since February 2020. Like, how have you thought about this moment, and what do you imagine kind of this moment being when you've had so much time away from the game and away from being able to play a game in front of people? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of emotions, uh, a lot of intensity building up to it. So one thing we stressed this week was controlling our emotions, never getting too high, never getting too low. Um, and then for the atmosphere, there's been 20, you know, 20 months just for fans. So it's going to be an exciting time for them. And then for our players, we just got to settle in early, um, get to work, do the little things and, for my coaching staff and myself, it's the same thing. It's been 20 months for us, too, so 
we're going to have to settle in just like the players. So just in terms of work, right, like how much work has gone into just continuing to build this team, continuing to build this roster, and trying to build the best product that you can put on the ice over the last 20 months? Yeah, we learned a lot over the pandemic, and I think everybody did, so it just wasn't hockey coaches. But uh, you could do a lot of stuff via Zoom. All of our recruiting was through Zoom. Um, our sponsorships through Zoom. You know, meeting with people obviously wasn't an option at some points during the pandemic. So, uh, but there was a lot of work put into it behind the scenes, and I, I don't think a lot of people see that. But we learned a lot. Um, we could do a lot through Zoom, and um, yeah, interaction with kids and constant contact. I think because of the pandemic gave us more time to spend, um, have more conversations with players, their previous coaches, their family. So I feel like that helped our culture as well. Yeah, Anthony, it's one of those things where I think for the situation you guys are in, because obviously you guys are striving to move up, I guess what what were some of the challenges to kind of keep keep money flowing into the program and kind of keep the program at the level that you guys wanted to? Because obviously – you know, we, we saw all sorts of fallout economically, but for you guys, where, where you're kind of, I, I mean, I, I, I know it's a little bit different than, like, say, the football or the basketball team. So what were some of the challenges that you guys faced with that? Yeah, it was, you know, like you said, every, there was a, a lot of people had a difficult times. So some of our sponsors had to pull back um, because they weren't making the money or able to give out as much money as possible or as they were able to in the past because they were going through a tough time. So that kind of put extra um, you know, uh, chores and duties on our plate to go out there um, and just get in the city, do little little things. Like we threw our annual golf tournament. We made it even bigger and better. We sold out all the sponsors, you know, stuff like that. And then getting um, – Coach Nick did a really good job of uh, this past uh, summer getting out there in the community, getting a whole bunch of new sponsors that uh, weren't into the hockey scene. But, you know – went out there and kind of portrayed what we see and have a vision for for hockey. Uh, and he did a really good job of getting new sponsors for our program. UNLV head coach Anthony Greener joining us here as we look ahead to the Skating Rebels home opener tomorrow night uh, against the University of Illinois. And, you know, Anthony, just kind of in terms of the last 20 months, just from a recruiting standpoint, uh, what what kind of new tactics did you guys use? And, and really, like, how difficult was it to recruit new players to the program when, you know, no one's really playing hockey over this stretch? Yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, I'm not going to lie to you there. But uh, instead of going to showcases, normally uh, each coach is, you know, in charge of going to uh, each league that we um, recruit out of showcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of we just did it word of mouth. We weren't able to fly the kids in here and see the campus, so everything was done virtual. Campus tour was done virtual with them. Um, kind of we would sit on the phone with them and explain where they're going to live. and So everything was just kind of one-on-one um, instead of having all the recruits come in the same weekend. So I think it was more personal. Um, it was hard at times, but um, we got the kids that we wanted. Uh, one challenge, you know, that every coach was going through was every kid was kind of holding out um, because they didn't know what was going to happen. You know, they didn't know. Just for Canada example, um, so they were really strict on their uh, lockdown, so they and shutdowns, so they weren't sure when they were going to be able to leave, and you know, what 
Were they going to be able to cross? Were they ever going to be able to get into school? So um, that was one challenge. But um, the staff and I, I think we got the kids we wanted and we got the right kids in place. Good skill set and great culture. Um, and we have a good core group of leaders. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get going for tomorrow night. You guys are, are tomorrow night, you guys are, you have commemorative pucks and commemorative, I, I guess maybe the right word isn't commemorative, right? Because it's not something that we're celebrating. But you guys are remembering the, the 1 October shooting as you guys are uh, giving out pucks that, ha- that have a, uh, a logo that says, remember the 58 and T-shirts. So I'm just kind of curious where where the concept from that came from. Obviously, we know Nick was there and, and you know, he, he, he was a part of all of that. But, like, where, where did the concept from that come come from like the idea that hey we want to do something to honor these people i know well you know like coach nick was there obviously he was one of the uh, ones that um got shot and luckily lived and unfortunately there was 58 that passed and that was just something that um i remember uh when it happened you know i was there and the next morning i woke up and the city was just it was just crazy you know um so the next day we had practice and instead of skating, we just all went together and kind of just talked about how fragile life can be. And, uh, you know, hockey's just such a small part of each one of these players and mine's life. There's so much more to hockey. And that weekend, I remember just going in the locker room and I went and saw Nick a couple of times. And that was our method was like, Hey, listen, go out there for four hours. Give all these people in the stands, just one little glimpse and break from all the news media and the crazy chaotic world we live in just give the hockey community one four-hour break come let them see a good hockey game give it all you got for coach nick and all those victims and uh so that's something that was really big every year i know uh, nick goes to dinner with a bunch of his buddies and i do the same that were there with us um so to give back to the community like that we have uh first 300 people we have uh a nice shirt for him with the nice logo that was built for him. We're going to do a white out their white t-shirt. So first 300 fans get a t-shirt and then we have those pucks also. So, you know, coach Greener, like when you're looking at this schedule and, and I know that, you know, at times, obviously over the last 20 months, you, you're, you're thinking about that first game. You're thinking about that first game, but you know, what's, what's the schedule look like for you guys this year? And, and how was it a challenge kind of putting together the schedule for this season? Uh, no, it wasn't a challenge. Um, one thing that we did different, I took over doing the schedule full time last season. Um, mm-hmm. and there was just things in the past that we would always open up and this is no disrespect to other teams. We'd always open up to a team maybe outside of the top 15. Um, and it was kind of just not what we wanted, you know, like it was, the players weren't pumped up for it. So when I made the schedule, we sat down and I talked to coach Nick was like, like we wanted to put somebody on the schedule opening up right away. That was going to set the tone, a team that was in the top five last year. So opening up against Illinois is what we wanted. And then we would have other teams that we're going to play, like Adrian in the Chicago Classic, and then we go to Liberty, a top three team right now. Uh, we wanted to just be, you know, you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And kind of that's our mindset. We want to be at the level they are and get, to, you know, and uh, go from there. So putting in the schedule, you know, we granted 20 games just because the league we play in, um, against ASU, U of A, GCU, Missouri, uh, in our conference, and then we got six trips, six other weekends where we're bringing other teams in that felt like week, you know, it's going to be the best competition 
throughout the year because those are the guys we're going to see in the national tournament. You know, you, you look at the national tournament and just kind of gearing yourself up, trying to get ready for that right now. But, you know, when you look at the program ranked 10th nationally, uh, what, does that, what does that mean to you just in terms of growth within the program over the last couple of years in the direction that you're trying to get to, which, you know, I, I assume the goal remains the same to get into the NCAA, correct? Yes, that's the ultimate goal. Um, I know uh, it's been a long six years for Coach Nick and I. Um, we've worked hard. And I'm glad it's finally paying off for the program and uh, the city and all the players. But uh, right now, our mindset is we want to win at this level. Um, obviously, we want to make the next jump. But you win at this level. Vegas is built on winners. You start winning now, and other things will come. So let's win at this level right now. Be the best we can. And uh, other things will fall into place for us. You guys were predicted to finish first in the WC or the preseason poll. You guys were first. You guys are 10th, I believe, nationally in the preseason ranking. So what kinds of pressure goes goes with that? Because obviously now there's there's very high expectations for the program and, and for you guys. So what, what kind of pressure does that put on you guys? And do you kind of enjoy that pressure? Yeah, no, I know. I, uh, I like to think we thrive on pressure. Um, we have a saying, I say it probably every day to the kids, high expectations, high standards. We got uh, high expectations for every one of our kids. Everyone knows why they're here. They're brought here for a reason. They're, you know, they're a part of the team for a reason. Um, and then their standards. We set our standards high. Um, we don't like losing like nobody else. But uh, you set those high standards, high expectations. You do the work. You put in the work. And uh, we'll succeed. UNLV head coach Anthony Greener joining us as we talk about the Skating Rebels opener. The season opener tomorrow from City National Arena against the University of Illinois, and you know, Anthony, one of the things I was I was really excited to talk to you about because I I found out you guys are going to be doing a midnight madness game, the first one since the Wranglers. Tell me about the idea for that, and, and really kind of just how exciting that moment's going to be. Because I'll tell you, from going to Wranglers games, that was a an absolute beautiful game. You never wanted to miss that midnight madness. How fun is it going to be to coach? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's exciting times. Like you said, the Wranglers did it. Um, I don't know how many people here in Vegas, they work on the weekends. You make the most money on Friday and Saturday night. So they, they don't get to, you know, get to go to our games and, uh, they're kind of mm -hmm. bummed out about that. So that was something that, uh, Nick and I wanted to put on the schedule for, uh, industry people in Greek life. Like you said, it, it, it was exciting times. The atmosphere was awesome. It's got a different atmosphere. Everybody's there having fun, good time. Then you get to watch good hockey. So that was something we wanted to start. And this year we're lucky enough to get in our schedule. And then just kind of tell us about the team this year. Like what, what are some of the fans going to be able to expect from some of the players? A couple of guys that are, are, are either making their debut or guys that you're going to lean heavily on this year. Uh, and then the style of play. What can fans expect from the skating rebels when they go to a game? Uh, you're going to expect hardworking, fast, skilled team, always going north with the puck right away. Um, so that's exciting. Who doesn't love to score goals? Um, <laughs> obviously, we work hard in the D zone too, but we want to go north with the puck right away. Um, as for, I'm really excited. I call him a freshman, even though he was here last year. Obviously, they didn't get to play last year, but our, our new goalie, um, Zach Wixon, huge kid, 6'7", takes up a lot of net, can move well, 
Uh, I expect really big things from him this year. And then we have two twin brothers, Alec and Max Johnson. One's a four, one's a D. They're just gritty, hard-nosed. They love to work. Uh, they love to be around the rink. They're kind of sponges of the game. And uh, I just can't wait to see what this group does as a whole, just because, again, we haven't played in 20 months. So I have two, basically two recruiting classes. I have last year's recruiting class, didn't get to play a game. And then mm-hmm. that was nine kids. And then I have a recruiting class of six this year. So I have 15 kids that never got to experience a home game at City National. So definitely excited for that. It, just it, kind of along those lines, how, how do you maybe quiet the nerves for those kids and, and, and really kind of evaluate them when you consider the fact that, you know, last year's recruiting class really missed out on that experience last year. And you, you kind of have a, a like as you mentioned, 15 kids that are going to be going through this really for the first time. Yeah, I think that's when you lean on your leadership core and all the upperclassmen kind of set the way, uh, lead by example, kind of talk them through what's going to happen. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. We don't want to get too high. We don't want to get too low. Nothing's going to go perfect. It's opening weekend. There's going to be mistakes made. Nobody's going to be perfect. But that's when you really lead on your leadership core, and I think we have the right leadership core to lead the group. Jared Erickson, fifth-year senior, is um, a transfer from Iowa State two years ago, so he's been to a national championship game. He's won a lot of hockey games, um, been through tough patches in his life. So we have a great leader. That's when you lean on him. I'm not sure how many people listening know, but the Raiders have two former UNLV players on their team. One player, unfortunately, is injured. The other player, Robert Jackson, is on the, the practice squad. But clearly, the Raiders are looking at UNLV to find potential players so how much does being in a city that has not only an NHL franchise but also an AHL franchise, how much does that help you guys? And, and is there a little bit of an advantage to that? Yeah, I, I think so. There's, you know, you, you want what, what uh, like just look at Austin Matthews, for example. The Arizona kid mm-hmm. now plays for the NHL hockey team. Um, so things like that for us to have an AHL team plus an NHL team, the top-of-the-light facilities that we have here, um, you couldn't ask for much more. All right, Anthony, the last one here for me, just to, in terms of, of this weekend and, and getting the season going, moving in that direction, getting those first games under your belt. Uh, when you when you get behind the bench, right, when you get behind the bench and you're just kind of looking out, what's that feeling going to be like for you? Because, again, as, as you mentioned, it's going to be 20, it's 20 months for fans, it's 20 months for the players, but it's also 20 months for you as a coach doing what you love to do. Are you going to, to just try to soak in that moment as much as possible? Yeah, uh, we had a talk this morning. It was just, you know, I won't try to catch myself staring at the screen and, and watching the <laughs> intro video because that stuff gets me pumped up and, Sometimes you sit back and like, man, this is amazing. The atmosphere is amazing. People are going nuts. I wish I was still playing. You come, you know, those thoughts run through your mind. But uh, yeah, just uh, again, I, I have to make sure we have, as a staff, control our emotions. Just because, like you said, it's been 20 months. It's long overdue. It's something that we're passionate about uh, and we love to do. So, uh, you know, I, it's like a kid before Christmas. I can't. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. It's been a rough week already. Uh, be exciting, that's for sure. 
All right, Anthony, and just uh, real quick, if, if you know we've got people listening right now that want to get to the game, how can you get tickets and then all the information on the tailgate and when the game starts tomorrow? So we play this weekend, Friday and Saturday night. Both puck drops 8 p.m. Friday night. Uh, we'll be honoring all the October 1 survivors. Uh, we'll have a couple of them dropping the puck. We have a tailgate um, with food and uh, beer outside. From 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, you can get tickets at rebelhockey.com or buy tickets the day of at the door. Hey, Anthony, thanks so much for doing this, taking the time. We really appreciate it, and good luck tomorrow night. I hope it's a fantastic game and uh, that you have a ton of fun being back behind the bench for the first time in 20 months. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Excited to have everybody out there tomorrow night. That is Anthony Greener, the head coach of the UNLV Skating Rebels. They open their season tomorrow night at 8 p.m. against the University of Illinois, ranked fifth in the nation. And the UNLV Skating Rebels ranked 10th. Like, this is a program that continues to grow, continues to, to get better. And, you know, I, I think for me coming out of this, I, I'm most looking forward to continuing to see the growth of UNLV hockey. And, you know, beyond that, I'm not going to lie, this Midnight Madness game, I'm all for it. I am ready to go for that. I'll tell you, Wranglers games, the Midnight game, it was always appointment hockey game viewing. It was fantastic. It was unique to Vegas. It was really kind of one of those events that you had every single year that made you aware that this is only a thing that can work in this town because of the shift work because of, of how, how many people you had clamoring to go to a game that started at midnight, a puck drop at midnight. Uh, I cannot wait for that game. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. But as we mentioned, UNLV, they open up their season tomorrow, Friday, October 1st, 6 p.m. is the tailgate. 8 p.m. is puck drop. First 200 fans get a free T-shirt uh, remembering those who – who lost their lives in the October one shooting. Um, you know, Chapman, your takeaway from that interview. You know, it sounds like like they're very excited. Obviously, it's been a long time for, for these kids to get out there and, and actually play a real game of hockey. Um, I'm sure there's there's a lot of that across the country, right? I mean, not a lot of college programs played last season. And, you know, for UNLV, obviously in a city where and a state where I think the restrictions were probably a, a little more tight than, than maybe some other places. It, it, it's just got to be, like Anthony said, he's like a kid on Christmas, right? Because it's it's that opportunity to get back out there and and have that opportunity to do something that you love and you're you're passionate about. And it's something that un, unfairly was was taken away from not only the UNLV program, but from a lot of programs because of this, this horrible virus. And it's just a little bit of a reminder that things are starting to kind of come back to normal and hopefully the worst is behind us as, as we move forward in this. And, and I'm excited because, obviously, I'm a UNLV alum. I don't know how many people know that, but but I support the programs. I love the school, um, you know, and I wish them nothing but the utmost of success because as, as an alum, I think that kind of that, 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 that's a point of pride as, as someone who, who's passionate about the school and the things that they've done. And, and I'm glad that, it, that UNLV is led by people who really have a, an understanding of the community that they play in and, and they embrace that community and it, it's cool. I mean, I've had an opportunity to head out and see them play a couple of times and the games are always fun. It, it, it's, it's, 
it's just a cool experience to go see kids who are playing for the love of the game and and most of them their careers will end when when they're done playing at UNLV but it's still a really fun thing because you know that these kids are passionate about it and it sounds like Anthony and and we know Nick is also passionate about it yeah absolutely so I believe Darren Millard is in the building up in Salt Lake City. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to have Darren on the line. We're going to chat about quite a few things surrounding the Vegas Golden Knights. A lot more to get to here on the Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Rolling along here on a Thursday, the Vegas Golden Knights set to take on the L.A. Kings' Frozen Fury. Preseason game number three, and up in Salt Lake City right now is Darren Millard. Hey, Darren. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, just uh, settling into our broadcast perch where Dan Duva and Gary Lawless uh, will be hanging out in just a little bit and uh, getting a lay of the land. It's it's kind of strange coming into a rink that you've never been to before. Uh, mm. I, haven't, uh, I haven't gone through that in, in a long time, so... Uh, having to ask questions, and this being a, a basketball facility, you don't have the traditional press box, so uh-huh. you, you just kind of feel it out and sort it out. And uh, my main man Stone is right beside me, so we're we're all set up and ready to go. And Kelly McCrimmon's going to be uh, uh, on the show in just a little bit as well. All right, so give us a lay of the land. What's the arena like? It is the quietest rink that I've been in in a while because I missed all the rehearsal. Now, normally when we're doing a show at T-Mobile, it's right in the uh, midst of the uh, drum line and uh, the various, the divas, uh, the, the the castle, the siren, mm-hmm. everything uh, going through their, their preparations to make sure it's all functioning. This is uh, this is different, so I'm kind of uh, at at ease, and it's soothing uh, being in here. They have uh, a great scoreboard. It's it's not your traditional one piece scoreboard. It's uh, big screens that uh, that face the various sides, and and lower ones underneath, directly underneath the scoreboard. So people who are sitting in the in the expensive seats can also uh, experience the the production. But at the end zones, mm-hmm. behind both nets. Because this is a practice facility, the way it was built, those seats fold right up. So you have about maybe eight rows right behind the net, and then you have nothing but a wall of folded-up seats <laughs> until you get to the to the second level, which explains why, in a lot of cases, uh, I thinking back to 2002 and the uh, Olympic Winter Games of uh, of Salt Lake City why the hockey was held uh, out uh, in the suburb uh, in that rink where the Utah Grizzlies play and why the uh, figure skating and the uh, short track speed skating, which you have a a little bit more wiggle room and there's uh, some more staging going on with the figure skating, why that was held in this, the uh, Vivint Arena, formerly the Delta Center. That's a cool cool setup. Well, that's cool. When when it comes to... Um, going to rinks. Like I, I always enjoy going to a new rink or one that I haven't been to because you start to see how things are, are built or how they used to be built. And then everything I always do, I compare to what I know most, what I know best. That's T-Mobile Arena. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's fun to just be in a different atmosphere, to, to just be in a different spot to to take in a game, and and I love the idea of you know, once through the the postseason having or the preseason having uh, a neutral site game because 
you know, both teams are kind of on the road in this situation, and it'll be interesting to see how the Golden Knights look tonight against the L.A. Kings. You know, we used to do this all the time in the National Hockey League, and mm-hmm. it even spilled over to the regular season. Uh, there was a period where the National Hockey League played an 84-game season, and <laughs> each team hosted two neutral site games, which kind of goes against each other. How can you host a neutral site game? But uh, each team got to pick uh, a couple of sites that they wanted to play, and you got all kinds of cities uh, like Kansas City or Houston or Saskatoon uh, in, in Saskatchewan. Uh, or Regina uh, hosted a couple of games. So you, you got some of those uh, types of uh, events. I, I don't know whether uh, the National Hockey League ever came to Salt Lake City for one of those neutral mm-hmm. site regular season games. Uh, if I was going to guess, I would say yes. But uh, the the hockey would be played at least from a professional standpoint uh, out at the at the other rink. I don't know when Stone. When was the last time do you think that they played a a hockey game inside this building? Oh, two years ago. Two years ago. Two. Yeah. That's it. Was it one of the preseason exhibition game kind of thing? Yeah, it was a preseason, preseason uh, exhibition. It was Kings and oh, oh, so the Kings and Canucks actually played here a couple of years ago. Not as long as I uh, I, I would have thought. So. Everything should go just swimmingly tonight. At the other rink, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Uh, I think I've discovered a new co-host here. He's he's, he's oh, great. Wow. He's got all the information uh, go. around here. So a couple at, at this particular rink, it was a couple of years ago. Before that, it was out at the uh, the arena that uh, hosted the hockey, the men's and women's hockey for the 2002 games. Yeah, it stands to reason that the L.A. Kings needed a neutral site preseason uh, venue mm-hmm. simply because the Vegas Golden Knights came into existence and took away the Kings hosting Frozen Fury in Vegas. Frozen Fury. It's, uh, and, and this is, uh, yeah. by the looks of it, the L.A. Kings uh, game. Uh, tomorrow night, these two teams will meet at uh, T-Mobile Arena, where it will be a home game for the the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, we'll see uh, just a, a little bit uh, of what the LA Kings have in their progression from uh, a team that was rebuilding to a team that's now trying to knock on the door and and challenge for a playoff spot. And on the Golden Knights side of it, uh, Chandler Stevenson, Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone will will all draw back in for their second appearance in this. Uh, National Hockey League exhibition schedule. And a line that I'm looking forward to seeing is mm-hmm. Nolan Patrick uh, with uh, Jenny Dodonov and Peyton Krebs. Uh, that line is uh, is a bit of a tweak from what we've seen so far. But another opportunity. Remember, uh, Pete DeBoer was uh, up front with us at the start of training camp that uh, some of these players that are, are thought to be on the bubble trying to uh, Uh, grab uh, every ounce of opportunity that they can get, uh, will get uh, as many opportunities as uh, as they can muster. He doesn't want anybody to to leave this camp thinking, boy, I didn't didn't get enough of a a shot to really shine. This will be another chance tonight for Peyton Krebs to to skate in the preseason. He'll go three for three. Yeah, I'm, like you, most intrigued for that line. Peyton Krebs with Nolan Patrick and Evgeny Dadonov, mainly because I, I just look at the skill set of all three players and you, you know you draw back to what Peyton Krebs did in his four games last year with the Golden Knights in the NHL, and there might be something. You, you never know. And this is kind of Pete DeBoer experimenting, right? Like we were wondering about the top two lines. Is he going to experiment with 
with Pacioretty, Stone, and, and Stevenson or the Misfit line. But for me, this is kind of that first tweak to a line that I think we all kind of expected to be Matthias Janmark with Nolan Patrick and Evgeny Dodonov. I don't know that anything's going to change, but I like to see the experimentation and giving Peyton Krebs an opportunity with those other two players. Uh, Patrick, Krebs, and Dodonov, uh, three players that uh, we were highly uh, anticipating being a force in this training camp. Uh, Patrick was very good. In his opener, Dodonov certainly showed us uh, his range. And what I think that we've seen from Peyton Krebs is uh, a gradual elevation of his game. He got better midway through his opener after uh, what could be described as as trying to do a little bit too much and uh, and looked more comfortable in in his second appearance in that victory uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. So this will be be a different... uh, uh, challenge for him but i also uh, believe that if he can continue that confidence and carry over some of that then uh playing with a with a patrick and dodonov which you could uh, certainly make a case would be um a couple of national hockey league veterans and and a guy just uh, a couple of players that are on, on uh, just a, a little bit de- different level than what he was playing with uh, i think we might be able to see krebs uh be a little bit more impactful when it comes to the offensive zone not just on the man advantage but five on five which is going to be uh, a huge spot for him uh, to contri- uh, contribute. We, we know that on the power play, what we saw last year, what we saw uh, in, in the last uh, couple of preseason games, he's got skills, and he looks really mm-hmm. comfortable yeah. on the power play. Uh, I don't question that at all. Uh, the next step is going to be able to carry the play and really force things and make things happen uh, offensively when he's at five on five. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And I look at, you know, tonight's uh, opportunity for Peyton Krebs as, as a big one, right? You you go into this game understanding that you're playing with two guys that are going to be on this team and they're going to have prominent roles on this team in Patrick and Dodonov. And it's it's primed real estate for for Peyton Krebs to make a statement in this game, for him to, to come out and have his most complete best game so far of the preseason – because you you show on this stage, you show with this line, then you know break. it turns into another, it turns into another game. Uh, Nick Waugh, uh, Brett Howden, and Keegan Colasar will make up the third line, and Gage Quinney, Paul Cotter, and Patrick Brown will be your fourth line. Those are the forwards uh, tonight. Uh, a different looking blue line for this neutral site game in Salt Lake City, as Nick Hag pairs with Dylan Coglin. Uh, Derek Pouliot, who's uh, on uh, an American League contract, will suit up with Zach Whitecloud. And Daniel Miramanov will skate with Caden uh, Korzak. Korzak uh, goes back in. But uh, you don't have uh, any of your big four tonight, which is is by design just to see uh, a couple of different different looks. And we, we know what Hag and Whitecloud can do together. And this isn't a big surprise. We alluded to it the other day that trying to see how those two players will fit with Dylan Coughlin, who's expected to be the, the seventh defenseman, how uh, a Hag or a White Cloud uh, fit with Coughlin, uh, as we expect uh, Coughlin to see some, some uh, significant time with the National Hockey League team this year as well. And, and Pouliot is a veteran and uh, first-round pick uh, way back when. 
uh, can skate like the wind. I uh, haven't been able to really uh, zero in on him in any of these uh, scrimmages. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, him tonight. And Korzak, does he follow the same type of uh, elevation of his game and progression that we've witnessed from Peyton Krebs? There was a time last year where there were some rumblings whether Caden Korzak would, would make the jump and get into a game. Uh, mostly I'm, I'm glad they didn't. Just to say that, that mm-hmm. that'd be a, a lot of pressure. Uh, I'm excited to see him uh, get get his feet wet and and get comfortable. He's um, he's in a difficult position in the sense that uh, that he's stacked behind all these veterans and and this next wave uh, of players like uh, White Cloud and Hag and and Coughlin. But Caden Korzak, when he really is gets uh, his feet underneath him in this environment. Mm-hmm. I think is going to uh, wow you. And because we haven't had the, the prospect camp and uh, we're, we're sort of two years behind in this thing, we haven't been able, we haven't been exposed to him. Uh, eyesight test, uh, we watched him on TV a little bit, uh, World Junior Championship and so forth. But this is, this is going to be a, a fun opportunity to watch him excel as well. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to, to kind of get another look on Caden Korzak because I thought he played – you know, pretty well in his first taste of preseason action. I'm, I'm looking for, as you said, kind of uh, just the feeling of, of more comfortability and, and being out there making plays, doing the, the, the things you need to do to, to set yourself apart. And then, you know, I, I know we were talking about defense, but you, you talk about Paul Cotter, right? Like the, the game that he had on Sunday, just very, very consistently good for the Golden Knights, gets another look tonight. Uh, it's it's another opportunity for Paul Cotter to continue his strong camp and, and strong presence in the games and, and make a name for himself and, and just try to solidify and make it a little bit more difficult decision, right? Uh, I'm just going to chime in here on Paul Cotter. One note on that. Uh, skating with Gage Quinney and Patrick Brown tonight, I think it's a great threesome. Uh, players mm-hmm. that uh, know each other, have played together, uh, with uh, with Henderson, and uh, I think we'll... I don't know how much they played as a unit, but just uh, being comfortable, I th- there's not any deferring going on there and and giving up the puck. I, I don't think Patrick Brown would be in that, that case, but uh, the other two players uh, don't have, have his experience, and if you play with, uh, with somebody that has three or four years in the National Hockey League and you're in a National Hockey League exhibition game, the tendency is to defer. And this is, is not the case. Cotter grabbed our attention in exhibition mm-hmm. game number one. Can he do that again? Gage Quinney, we've seen flashes of, of super skill out of Gage Quinney. Can he take that next step uh, in his evolution and try to be uh, among that wave of, of, of call-ups this year with Patrick Brown? So uh, I'm excited to see that uh, threesome together uh, tonight. Uh, on on the ice and uh, and before we go to break here, just getting a bit of buzz there. Uh, before we go to break here, we just uh, I'm not the only person that's sort of out of their element here. Uh, the LA Kings broadcasters just showed up for their radio and they they put down their briefcase and said, "LA Kings radio, or where do you want us?" Uh, so that uh, everybody's going through the same thing in this uh, neutral site uh, excursion out to Salt Lake City, the Olympic city of 2002. Well, I'm glad you're not alone now in the in the <laughs> rink. Like you've got friends, right? Well, yeah, I don't know fr- if they're friends, friends who are walking around with colleagues. the same the same same wide eye. Like, uh, where do we go? What do we do? Uh, 
Darren Pang is here. He's working the game nationally for uh, Turner tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. He's uh, sent me a couple of texts wondering where I'm at because we don't have the same like meetup spots that that we normally just bump into each other. So we're all we're all finding our our footing uh, equally. Dan Duva has just made his way. I don't know what happened to him because I was here like. 45 mm-hmm. minutes ago, we came in on the same bus, and he just finally found the broadcast location now. Uh, so we're all, we're all like, getting comfortable in the, in the same fate. Duva, like, yeah. did you get lost? Well, no, I was talking to Darren Pang about you. Oh. Well, that's how Panger knew <laughs> that I was. That's exactly how <laughs> oh. he knew that you were here. And I also was just interviewing Paul Cotter, oh, who good. will be our pregame guest, which, of course, will be coming up in just a little bit. So you can look forward to hearing from Paul Cotter a little bit about hockey and a little bit about what he's listening to before hockey games on his, uh, his you know, iPod or whatever they have now. I, uh, I was so close the other night to throwing in a welcome back. <laughs> so I, close, I've resisted but, so far. Yeah, you, you haven't done it either? No, no. I mean, I'd how many maybe people start do you humming think would, the song a little bit. How but, many people do you think would get the reference? I'm pretty sure the yeah. two, the two uh, Maroons I back in the studio in Las Vegas. Oh, you got it? I Wallace? got it, yeah. Welcome yep, I got back. It. Yeah. I, I don't have a good singing voice. Uh, yeah, we, that's we, nonsense, I mean, Dan. I think you have a great <laughs> singing voice. Oh, but, I mean, I sing Springsteen well. Everything else bad. Well, nothing else matters, though. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> hold on, enough. hold on. It, it, you've heard Darren sing the national anthem. It, it's it. That's the low water mark. Yeah, I'm for tone singing. deaf. Everything uh, else is a, a positive. Mm-hmm. Right. I Darren, will say, do you do Darren, the Canadian anthem or the American anthem better? Uh, oh, definitely the Canadian anthem. Do you do the the Anglo and Franco combination? No, 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 no English no. only. No, yeah, in- English only. Okay, I didn't know until just a handful of years ago that in fact one is not a direct translation of the other. The lyrics are different. A little bit. Oh, you gotta, you gotta, gotta fold. Sometimes things don't just naturally translate. Of course. So they and they uh, need to fit the lyrics. And then we and changed a couple of words a couple right, of years ago, yes. and I'm still getting my head around right, uh, that one. It's like when they changed the, the the prayers at mass on Sunday. I still haven't gotten over some of those changes. Mm-hmm. Too. I can't can't keep them straight. I'm too busy looking at my shoes. <laughs> Please t- tell me my laces are tied up. I'm not going to get <laughs> not going to yell yell that. Uh, so Duva's up here. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we continue, uh, Kelly McCrimmon will pop by, general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights. He will stop by, and then uh, we'll give you uh, plenty more. Oh, you just bucked in. So we'll take a break, and we'll come back uh, as we continue on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Um. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. A little bit of an audible on the VGK Insider Show, live from Salt Lake City and the studio back in Las Vegas, Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Darren Millard, uh, Ryan Wallace is in the studio. I am in Salt Lake City, and uh, right beside me is the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, who are getting set for preseason game number three. This evening, start of uh, back-to-back games against the Los Angeles Kings. And, uh, Kelly, uh, you been in this building before? Uh, I have not. There's another arena in Salt Lake City that mm-hmm. uh, I believe the ECHL team plays out of, where the Olympics, uh, mm-hmm. in fact, were uh, hosted that I uh, have been to. But this is my first time uh, in this one here tonight. I feel privileged because there's not many rinks left uh, in North America that you haven't strolled through <laughs> and know exactly where to go and what to do. Well, it's a basketball arena, yeah. I guess, would be the, <laughs> the one uh, difference. But uh, great looking building. We're really excited about being here. Uh, this is uh, an opportunity now where you get uh, your second, third go-around uh, with a couple of players. Uh, Peyton Krebs is going to go again tonight. Uh, let's start there and just uh, work our way through the lineup a little bit. Uh, what have you thought of Peyton for the first couple? Yeah, I think uh, uh, 
you know, first of all, just speaking to the preseason, it's really valuable to have these games. You appreciate them uh, even more than uh, you would ordinarily because we did not have this opportunity last year to see uh, young players uh, play in uh, in NHL preseason. So uh, with respect to uh, uh, Peyton, I I think uh, his second game, I felt he was, uh, you know, a lot of times it's, it's interesting. A lot of times those young players are trying to do too much uh, you know, veterans are uh, sometimes indifferent uh, even playing these games. And uh, for a young player, he might be uh, fighting nerves or trying to do uh, more than he should. I thought Peyton really settled down in game two and just uh, uh, let the game kind of happen a little bit more. He was uh, he was real effective. I thought he had a great practice uh, yesterday when I watched uh, the team practice. So uh, he'll play alongside uh, Nolan Patrick and uh, Evgeny Dadanov. Uh, in tonight's game, so a little bit of a different look for him uh, there as well, and uh, you know, real good opportunity for uh, for him here tonight. Uh, you brought a practice, uh, so you guys are like dialed into the practices as well. That's not just a tune-up for these players to play the games. Well, there's lots uh, to take out of practice at this time of year. Uh, of course, for uh, Peter DeBoer and his staff, they're uh, full-on teaching. I actually had. A uh, real good conversation prior to coming on here with you with Todd McCollum from uh, L.A., their head coach. And uh, similarly, they're they're using their time uh, to their advantage to implement systems to uh, get the team ready for opening day because when the season starts, your, your, your practice time really is diminished. So this is really valuable time for coaches that are organized and prepared to use it. So Pete and, uh, and our staff have done a really good job of that. And then from an evaluation standpoint, uh, I find it's really valuable. You you can, uh, you know, see the pace uh, that the practices are played at and evaluate a player's ability to keep up, not just uh, from a speed standpoint, but also in terms of, you know, the anticipation, the thinking, the understanding. I think that's, uh, uh, I've always felt that's something that you get a better handle on over time when you continue to watch uh, uh, players. So, um, you know, I mentioned Peyton yesterday, just was a guy that, uh, that, uh, stuck out for me. I thought, uh, you know, today's practice, Jake Lasition stuck out for me. He was uh, on a line with uh, Carrier and Janmark, and I thought, uh, you know, made the most of his time there today. So, yeah, we're uh, we're watching every time uh, the players hit the ice. There's lots uh, lots to learn. Kelly McCrimmon's with us, uh, live in Salt Lake City, where the Golden Knights get set to take on the L.A. Kings uh, tonight. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless, we have the call on that as we broadcast the BGK Insider Show from Vivint Arena. Kelly, one of the players on Sunday night that, that I think caught everyone's attention in the game was Paul Cotter, scores a, a nice goal, a uh, couple of really good plays defensively on uh, shorthanded. What have you liked in Paul's game so far through the, the preseason and through training camp, and what are you, what are you hoping for uh, for him over the next couple of, uh, couple of days? Yeah, I saw the same, uh, the same things that you, uh, that you mentioned in his game. Uh, on Sunday and uh, you know in fact after that game we hadn't done our uh, lineups through uh, the first four games but uh, you know we decided that night that he's got a he's got to get another uh, another preseason game he's earned it he deserves it so he'll go in uh, to the lineup here tonight but uh, you know having Paul uh, with uh, our American League team in Henderson last year uh, you, you see a lot of that in uh, in glimpses and I think the the challenge for uh, him, him as a young player and for a lot of young players is you know that best game you see that sequence of plays that uh, that uh, catch your eye uh, the ability to string those together to consistently be able to do that is what uh, is what I think 
really helps a player make that uh, transition from being an American League player to a National League player. And I think for <clears throat> for Paul, this is uh, you know another great opportunity to make an impression on uh, the coaching staff, to make an impression on uh, the management, and that's uh, uh, that's uh, what he's earned based on his game uh, on Sunday. So hypothetically, he goes out and he plays another great game tonight. Does- is that the type of performance in training camp where he puts himself on the radar for a call-up or where you guys are talking back and forth going, hey, how's Paul? He's been, I think he's got your attention. Yeah, I think what uh, where there's real value for the players, um, you know, I'll probably watch uh, Henderson play 25 or 30 times this year, so I'm going to have a real good appreciation for all of the players that are there. I watched every home game they played last year that we weren't playing. I would have been at their game. I think where the value is is when you need a call up, you talk to the NHL coaches and they uh, can identify with uh, the player that you're talking about. And I think there's real uh, value there because, uh, you know, any of us, you know, to have someone explain a player to you is one thing, but to have a feel for that player because you've coached him in a couple of games or worked with them on ice at uh, training camp, I think is, is uh, really helpful. So, you know, again, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Paul Cotter. He gets another chance to uh, be on the bench in front of Pete DeBoer tonight so that if we you know, are in that position during the season, he knows the player. He knows uh, a little bit about what he can do. He takes the reports that, uh, uh, that uh, you know, I'd give him or Manny Viveros would give him or Vaughn Carpen would give him he'd, uh, or Tim Speltz would give him, and he'd work with uh, that information. But at least he's got a picture in his mind of what the player's game is. So I'll throw Nolan Patrick at you because you know the player very, very well. Uh, what do you think of his first uh, performance as he gets ready for his second preseason game? I thought that uh, it, it was interesting, Nolan's game, and, and they run together on me, but Nolan's first game, his only game was on uh, on Sunday. Um, I thought the game on Tuesday was a little bit better game than the game on Sunday uh, until we, I think we took six straight minors. We lost a bit of flow in the in the Tuesday game because of that. But on Sunday, Nolan was like a lot of players where I thought uh, he, he did a handful of really good things. Uh, I liked him on the power play. I thought he understood his responsibilities there uh, real well. He had a hand in the Pacioretty uh, power play goal. You know, you saw, you know, a handful of passes over the course of the night that are uh, real skill plays and uh, and demonstrate real good vision. And then, uh, you know, like a lot of guys, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, the, you know, continuing the need to do things consistently and uh, add layers to your game. And those are all things that we'll, uh, you know, look for here again tonight and, and uh, throughout the early stages of the season as he gets his uh, feet wet in our organization. Uh, VGK Insider Show audience getting uh, this great opportunity to hang out and listen to Kelly McCrimmon, who's uh, in Salt Lake City uh, alongside uh, the management and the coaching staff ready for this exhibition game against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Ryan? You know, Kelly, with uh, with kind of how the off season went for you and, and the organization and bringing in more depth up front, are you pleased so far with the competition that you've seen from your forward group through camp? Yeah, I think it's as we anticipated it would be when we, uh, you know, made the moves with our roster over the off season that uh, that we did, and of course, um, you know, all these things are work in progress. We've played a total of two preseason games with, uh, you know, effectively. You know, a little over half a veteran lineup uh, in each of those games. So there's different things that you're evaluating uh, at this time of year. 
uh, as we've already talked about, the chance to see the young players and, uh, and evaluate uh, where they're at with their uh, development and their progression is is a big part of it. But yeah, you're always uh, you know you're always mindful of opening day, and and uh, we're now uh, inside of two weeks. Uh, tomorrow's uh, you know uh, one October. Uh, we open up on the twelfth, so we'll you know we'll go into these we'll go through these first four games tonight and tomorrow and then i think uh, your focus shifts a little bit in the uh, second half of the preseason with three games left i think you'll see uh, certainly in the final two games you know we'll get closer to uh, what our opening night lineup will look like and i and i think that's where you know you'll get uh, you know a little more clarity on uh, on, the, on the types of things that you're referring to uh, in your question want to get to the season and what do you expect uh, this year but uh, one more on a player robin leonard gets uh, his first look tonight uh, he's come to camp he looks good he looks trim yeah he's uh, he'll play uh, uh, you know he'll have a heavy workload next week uh, as well as we go into uh, the regular season but no robin's done a real good job to prepare himself uh, uh, for the opportunity i think he knows that uh, it's a good one it gives uh, it comes with uh, lots of responsibility and uh, you know, I think his uh, teammates are happy that he's uh, uh, demonstrated uh, that he's ready to play. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play here uh, tonight in his first game action uh, of the season. Uh, you and the ownership, uh, Bill Foley, and the coaches have never been shy about expectations. Uh, the players themselves have talked about it, uh, wanting to win the championship, and that's primary goal number one, not just have a great season and see how far you can take it. Uh, so many players, Kelly, have talked about unfinished business, and they've used that phrase over and over from from last year. Have you? Has that resonated with you at all? Well, our players want to win. I think they feel that the organization is doing everything that it can uh, to give ourselves the best opportunity to win. I, I uh, you know, I can't imagine myself run a, running a professional sports team uh, any other way. Uh, than that. I think the players uh, appreciate the honesty. I think the players appreciate uh, the organization trying to uh, constantly improve with uh, you know the makeup of our roster. Certainly uh, Bill Foley is a tremendous owner that uh, provides uh, all of us with every resource that we need to do our jobs well. So uh, you know as a management and a coaching staff we certainly uh, feel that we uh, provide the same uh, for our players, and um, you know, I, I just uh, uh, I, I'd be disappointed if I was uh, you know ever in a situation in professional sports where uh, where you didn't have high expectations. I think that that's uh, what we've done. Uh, you know, this will be our fifth season uh, on the ice, and we uh, feel that our team has uh, been better each of the five years. We think that uh, going into year five, this is the best team. Uh, that we've had and uh, and with that uh, there's a lot of excitement to uh, to get going it's uh, you know uh, Peter DeBoer's first 82 game season as a head coach so it's uh, seems odd it's his third year with our team but really his uh, first full training camp his uh, first 82 game season and I know that uh, uh, he's excited about uh, about that uh, he's done a great job with our team so yeah, there's a lot of reasons to be uh, to be excited. We play in a great city. We play in a great building. We have uh, incredible uh, fan support. Uh, it's a you know an atmosphere that's uh, unparalleled uh, in the National Hockey League. And uh, you know, when I, I think 
uh, you know, we've talked different times, not uh, not on the show here tonight, but the connection that uh, our players have uh, with the city, I think, is uh, uh, really adds to that, and I think uh, you know comes comes with it a real sense of uh, of pride that uh, that comes along with being a Vegas Golden Knight, and uh, our guys, uh, I think, really enjoy that. Um, franchise matured now, like you're past that whole expansion umbrella not just because seattle's coming in but you've now gone through so many drafts and you've got players coming in you've got your minor league uh, team that that is stock full of drafts yeah i think we've turned that page a while ago darren i i think uh you know the inaugural season was uh was the the ultimate cinderella story in terms of all of the uh different experiences that uh that took place uh you know just just an incredible uh, thing to be a part of, whether you were a hockey fan, a manager, a coach, a player, uh, anyone that had any uh, affiliation with the team, you know, year two um, was the year that we uh, had the heartbreaking loss uh, in the playoffs. And, um, you know, that uh, definitely stings. Anytime your year ends uh, prior to winning the Stanley Cup, you're, uh, you're disappointed with uh, – uh, when that happens and uh you know then year three uh you know we were uh one of the teams that made it to the conference final of the four teams that uh, uh advanced to round three and then again uh last year different format uh, they would be called the semifinals last year uh you know one of <clears throat> the final four teams so when you have a you know, when you have a body of work that's uh that's been that consistent over an extended period of time i i think uh um you know we're well past uh, the expansion days and, uh, you know, more into, uh, you know, being a team that's uh, like every other team, trying to win uh, as many games as you can and, and uh, trying to build the best team that you can. A few years ago, you would have just given me the short answer to that question was, you missed the boat on that. Well, you're, you're dying up here, uh, so I'm trying to give long answers uh, to help you out here a little bit. So, um, What do you think? Uh, next time I'll try and get you a better card table uh, as the, the, the little temporary setup that we have here. Uh, Kelly, thanks for joining us. really appreciate you stopping by, and uh, good luck as you continue through training camp. Yeah, thanks. My pleasure, Darren. Anytime. There's Kelly McCrimmon, the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, who stops by for uh, an extended visit with us in Section K, by the way, in case you guys are wondering, Section K of event arena and uh gonna just uh expand on that a little bit uh, when we continue you okay if we take a break now gentlemen just yeah that's kind of uh, a good idea that's a good idea uh, we'll take a break now and we'll come back and we'll reflect on uh, some of what kelly said and we'll get into it uh, as we continue the vgk insider show on fox sports las vegas